Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Thank you so much for listening to us today. I am going to be kicking off with what I've been figuring out this week. And a few weeks ago, I spoke about how I had been reading The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And it really put me back on a personality test drive, let's say that. And one of the personality tests that I'd taken a while back, I never really got to the bottom of what I was. I thought, oh, I'm going to redo it again. It was called the Enneagram. And the... If you do the Enneagram, if you've never heard of it before, it, it your results will give you a number from one to nine. So if you've ever heard anyone describe themselves as a number, they're probably referring to their Enneagram number. And I there were multiple tests, some paid, some free that you can do out there. And I the more tests I did, the worse the situation seemed to get. So <laughs> I I don't know how many, I think maybe I did four in the end. And I had different variations of coming out as a one, a three a five and a six and you're meant to have a lead number and then you can have what's classed like as a wing so I knew that like so five and six easily could be that could be like a wing number so I was like fine mm. but I was like this is a complete not a mess so then I started looking at um, articles that would say if someone had been miscategorized let's say and so I would read them and be like okay I'd look at like one and three and be like hmm maybe I do sound a bit more like a three and then I'm like cool so then I was trying to go through three and five and I'm like oh no but that makes me sound more like a five and then I was like oh my gosh I just can't work this out this is so frustrating and I got to the point where I decided that five isn't true I've now crossed that out so now I was like I'm trying to get down to one three and six but it still is a complete and utter mystery to me and part of it I think is to do this idea of one of the reasons you can get miscategorized is this idea of like who you are in that type as a healthy person versus an unhealthy type it like it can slightly change things so it can make it more complicated and I was just like oh my gosh and I know like you should it shouldn't be something to get stressed out about but because I'm just like a personality type geek it was in my head because I'm like I want to know what I am and also I think there's quite a there's some groups I'm in online where people will mention they're like oh I'm this number I'm that number and I do believe that actually trying to understand yourself better can be really beneficial and it does Mm. help you so I wanted to get to the bottom of it so number one is classed as the reformer so they're the rational idealistic type principled purposeful self-controlled and perfectionist then there's the achiever which is the number three sorry um the success orientated pragmatic type adaptive excelling driven and image conscious mm-hmm. then number six <laughs> is the loyalist the committed security orientated type engaging <laughs> responsible anxious and suspicious and Inge- why are you giggling verity <laughs> <laughs> just because i recognize parts of you in there that's all i'm saying and in, in all thing. of them yeah and I get that because in all of them I can see you in all of them and in a way yeah is it like you said is is it really like which part of you dominates like you know because I feel like the the loyalist is 
I don't know, maybe is that more adept to your personal life rather than professional? Whereas, you know, like the number three, the achiever is much more about professional. I don't know. Like, I think maybe this is where these wings come in. I know. I mean, I've, I have... never, I've never got the wings. I don't understand the wings. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. I think at some point, if I really want, I feel like if I want to get to the bottom of it, I'm going to probably just have to like work with an Enneagram expert because I feel as if clearly I'm a complicated individual. But <laughs> Verity, I'm sure you've done it as well, given that you don't really understand wings. So what what results have you come out with before? Yeah, so I first did this about, I think I did it when I did like my Myers-Briggs again for like the third time. I did this a few years ago and I got number nine, the peacemaker. So that was easygoing, self-effacing type, receptive, reassuring, agreeable and complacent. And I think at the time I was super proud with that. I was like, yep, that's me. I'm the one who wants to like help everyone like get along and da 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 And then since then, I have been doing lots of inner work. I have opened up the wilder, more truer side of my personality and redid it recently. And I got number eight, the challenger, which is the powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. And I think reading that, I think, yep, 100%. I don't know if people, when people hear that who know me would be like, oh yeah, I can see that. Mm. Because I don't know if that is still my shadow that I'm not letting it out quite so much but she's there so yeah very interesting and I really like the fact you said you try to do your mind big again <laughs> was you trying to get a different result well I was I think we spoke about this haven't we like I um I remember doing it when I worked in London like in my most high-powered job and um, I worked with another woman. Everyone would have said we were chalk and cheese. We got on really well. We actually lived together for a bit, but we were total opposites in our personality. I was a much more laid back. Actually, it's a bit like me and you. She is like the you in my life. She was exactly like that. So just imagine that, people. That's an easy way. And we got the same Myers-Briggs. And I was like, yeah, because it was like what I would call the worst one. And This sounds awful now. But it was the way it was very much like you don't get, care about people's feelings. You're very dominating. You want authority. You want power. And I was like, yeah, I do. I'm like a marketing manager and I'm going to. And I feel I answered that Myers-Briggs with my ambitious work head on, not really with me answering it as Verity. So, yeah, my Myers-Briggs keeps changing. I actually don't ask me what it is. I have no idea what it is anymore. Um, and to be honest, I don't know why, but I kind of don't care with Myers-Briggs. I have a little thing with personality tests. I adore them. But you just said about this healthy, non-healthy thing. And I know you're not as woo-woo as me, but I much more prefer the ones, and we've spoke about this again, that are to do with astrology. Yeah. Because then there's no... Um, kind of you know oh well you're in a good mood so you've become a nine today and you're in a bad mood so you're mm-hmm. a seven you know um so like things like human design and stuff that's much more kind of down my road because I just think I I think I'm a chameleon and I adapt my personality to my situation mm-hmm. and I think sometimes that's hard for me to shed when I'm doing a personality tests so and, and I think it's a very common very common problem that we what we are, who we actually are and how we respond to things and what we do when we actually are answering questions are two very different things. Mm. And that is why often I think people get mistyped in lots of situations. And I think what's the reason why I asked you about, oh, you tried to do it again, was so many people 
get an answer and then they're unhappy with it <laughs> <laughs> and and then that's the, like a whole other different situation where people are like oh well I just don't want to be that one and it's like why is there a worst Myers-Briggs type yeah 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 I know I know it's crazy isn't it but yeah it's, and because it's interesting I'm an ESTJ on Myers-Briggs and if you do it on like 16 personalities the the um, like summaries that's called is the executive and so I've actually had massive blocks around this now I'm like it makes me feel like that's why I was great in the workplace and it absolutely aligns with like my work ethic but I'm like to be an entrepreneur that personality just feels like it's totally working against me and mm. I was like having a massive block and I was like working through my coach and she's just like no that like you just need to go and find some examples of ESTJs that have done great and then really easy and I was like but automatically just because I assumed oh these are the people that like do really well I think quite a lot of presidents have been them and stuff like that it just felt really just like formal and structured and I was like oh this is gonna just hold me back so I think we have to be careful about one thinking there's good ones and bad ones and also then feeling like we are limited by whatever type we get told we are Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I still, I, Peacemaker was the second biggest one on on my chart the second time doing it. And I know in my heart, I have some Peacemaker in me, mm. but I also know that that challenge a bit is aligns with where I am in life right now. And, yeah. you know, that may stay for 10 years. It may go in one, it may be there for the rest of my life. I don't know. And I think it is, like you say, just to be maybe a bit more fluid with them but they are they're good fun but I think they also do really help you figure stuff out especially when you've got a block or you're struggling and then you can think you know I think I always believe you know we never know what how other people think the processes of other people and so we just assume everyone's like us and it's only in weird little moments where we see something and we're like oh you don't think the same way I do or you don't Mm -hmm. act the same way and it's so yeah I think um it helps us know ourselves um, um I think it's a really good point you made about helping knowing other people though as well because mm. I think that's one of the biggest things that recently for me and it was particularly why I enjoyed the four tendencies but learning all these different things is it's helping me to try and get the best out of clients because there is that thing of if you thought exactly the same as me you probably wouldn't need my help <laughs> so I'm not getting I'm not getting people that are just like me that are coming to me so it's like how do I manage to like talking their language and understand how their brain works to be able therefore to pull the best out of them so so true and I'm Mm. going to give human design we'll give human design a go because someone else I know is always banging on about loving that too so in a few weeks time hopefully I'll be able to update you on how that's gone yay love it um well I've been figuring out this week um you know obviously with the last Friday in January I've been doing dry January. For those of you who listen to the podcast, I last year had stints of being sober, sober curious, not caring. Like it was a wave of different things, um, mainly to um, just really reflect on my relationship with alcohol. I've never been an addict. I've never had a problem of that level with it. But I did feel it had quite a big role in my life and I just wanted to know if that role was necessary um, and if it was benefiting me and I think even though this is really it's hard to say and it's hard to hear but let's face it alcohol isn't a good thing really it you know it's um it's something so ingrained in us and I mean from 
like the dawn of time it feels you know it's even like when I watch Outlander which is based in like the 1800s they use it as like an antiseptic you know like it's Mm. it's a huge part of our lives and they drink it a lot because life is terrible and I think the only thing they have to look forward to is alcohol but it's just really interesting like for me on my own personal journey thinking why do I drink and um after quite a lot of like figuring it out and messing about with it I realized I drank to take the edge off so if I had a hard hard day or if I was a bit stressed that's why I needed a drink I didn't need a drink to celebrate I didn't need a drink for confidence I didn't need a drink to forget about everything I needed a drink to take the edge off and that was the only that's my only connection so I've realized that now which is huge for me yeah so I drank at Christmas which partway through the year I said I wouldn't I was like oh first day of Christmas yeah didn't happen I was on the sherry and I enjoyed it thoroughly I drank a lot less than I would have I've ever done before I didn't drink New Year's Eve I mean I know none of us had like crazy New Year's Eves but I didn't drink and again it wasn't really intentional I had a few glasses of red wine the night before and I just woke up New Year's Eve and I thought I don't really want to drink tonight so I didn't then I haven't drunk since then and then I was like I'm just going to keep going and then I've just started a new role which means I'm working like a kind of 50, 60 hour week. And now I'm like, yeah, I kind of need a drink. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really interesting. And the reason I wanted to talk about it was because obviously I've been experimenting a lot with not having alcohol. You know, it's very strange when you've gone to a glass of wine nearly every night for let's say 15 years and then all of a sudden you've decided that you don't want to do that um so I've been finding ways of like filling that and to be honest super blooming boring I drink sparkling water 80% of the time instead (laughs) um and I feel really lucky that that is acting as an okay substitute most of the time but then last night for instance I'd had a long week at work I was tired. I wanted to celebrate. I wanted to something different. Um, so I made like a alcohol-free margarita. Okay. And it was delicious. It was really, really good. It's not cheap. Like you still need to buy proper ingredients. You know, I think this is the issue. People are then like, well, I may as well just drink alcohol. And mm. it's really hard to get over that block. It's not cheap. It's harder to get the stuff. Like there's so many barriers in the way. And it was lovely, but I'm missing that little buzz, that little edge taker. This is what I'm trying to figure out at the minute. What What can I do that, will give me that and at the minute the closest I've got is like really long hot baths (laughs) (laughs) but it's not quite hitting that spot and it's a shame because I don't I don't think I ever really want alcohol to be a big part of my life ever again I don't think I'll ever ever be fully sober I may but right now that's not a place that I feel I well let's say I I can be I don't feel I have that willpower at the minute Mm. but I don't want it ever to be like it used to be. and But I do miss that. And the best way I describe it is when I go, oh, you know, like when you take that big gulp of wine and you're just like, oh, and breathe. Like you just, everything in you relaxes. And obviously I know there's 
other things out there that people do um that I you know is is not an option um really um so yeah I'm just thinking and the thing that I'm thinking about trying is CBD okay but yeah I don't know so yeah that's me (laughs) it's very very interesting I really like the fact that you pinpointed exactly like I suppose what you're what you were using alcohol for um Mm. and like what your patterns have been so I didn't do dry January but I was thinking about it and I was like I had uh my best one of my best friends we had the zoom birthday drinks the first weekend um and then I haven't had anything since then um because for me absolutely is about celebrating and about being with the girls and if I'm not Mm. doing those activities then it doesn't happen um so I think it is that type of self-awareness around when do you drink why do you drink what do you use it for it is really powerful yeah and I would recommend whether you're listening to me now thinking oh aren't you great hi and mighty yeah yeah stop because I would have annoyed the hell out of me if I'd have heard me two years ago I'd have been like shut up woman so I'm saying this with like all the love in the world like I have no judgment of people that drink alcohol I absolutely adore alcohol Mm. I have just noticed that it's not beneficial to me in my life in the level that I it was there you know before so I would just say just like honestly just take five minutes and just think why do I drink is it is it just is it a habit is it the fact that I always have a glass of wine after work and that's it is it that I drink when I'm stressed do do I drink when I celebrate do I drink because I just need Dutch courage like Mm -hmm. it's really you know really thinking like why do I drink and just starting with that like that's all you need to do um because yeah it's it's just I feel like at 16 let's say 17 I was thrown into the world of alcohol and I just never took a second to think why do I consume this so Mm. yeah interesting there you go well I have been reading as we all know I'm still reading Intelligent Investor and that's taken up most of my time and I'm not gonna Mm. lie I'm beyond struggling with it however <laughs> so I'm taking some breaks and meeting some other things and to start the year off I have got a big focus at the moment around like my business and money and how everything's working and so I um, reread Profit First by Mike Mikowski and mm. I the subtitle of it is transform your business from a cash eating monster to a money making machine oh I love the sound of that money making oh. machine I know and oh, that masculine worth energy coming through there <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um, shimmy, shimmy. <laughs> and it, the, the idea of the book is the fact that so many people who run their own business actually aren't really on top of their their finances for it and often either aren't paying themselves well enough or they're not making enough profit and he starts book sharing his like traumatic story obviously traumatic story um and then this is how he came up with his method and basically most people normally use uh what's called gap which is generally accepted accounting principles and his belief is that way of working doesn't support it doesn't work with the way our brain naturally works it's not made for humans and so what often happens is it's only when someone sends their books off to an accountant that then they realize this is the situation they're in like because they're not actually looking at their numbers and 
what we're seeing on the screen doesn't match what we see in our bank balance and I think that's the thing is that for most people they're just looking at their bank and it what I found really interesting in the book is I there were some of the like the techniques and tips that he uses to try and help people maximize their profit in a business that really resonated with I suppose how actually I've been with my personal finances so this idea of like if his idea is basically you want to be setting profit aside from the moment you get the income. So automatically when income comes into your account, you are funneling it off into different um, places. Yeah. Um, and I, I was like, that had always been my approach to saving. Like I was never one of these people who would get paid, do everything I want to do and then try and save at the end of the month. I always took my savings out straight away because I was like, that's the, yeah. um, the way it's going to work. And actually once you get to the end of the book, he just talked about, how you can actually apply profit first to your life. And I was like, oh, I'm doing those things already. So I can understand exactly what he's saying, like how it can work for your business. So I think if anyone is um, a business owner that has just struggles to pay themselves properly. So if you are, you, you just feel like, actually, this business is taking up all my time. I'm working all the time. But the money you're taking out of it doesn't look like what you want it to be. Or you're just not making enough profit and you want to get to the point where you have got like good reserves. Then it, it's a really a really good book and there are so many massive fans of it as well like this I think it's been printed for quite a while this is an updated version that I was reading and now he's there are like profit first accountants so there are people that actually specialize in managing your money this way so actually even if you're Mm. like all the theory or it's a bit more complicated or you're worried that then you wouldn't be able to change because your account would be like we're not going with these weird principles there are now a whole range of people that will help you to um use this method I suppose in your business and I, yeah I think there are lots of funds that there must be a good reason actually I um I reviewed it last week on my blog and it's quite funny some of the comments like I had come up straight away when I posted it on social media with people being like love this book swear by this book absolutely changed my business so it seems to be a big game changer for a lot of people interesting yeah no I I, I think it's, it's it's a bit like the Enneagram if you know something's not working for you in your business then it's interesting to see what else is out there to adapt you know like to 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 test out and see if that actually helps yeah so. and I think with accounting everyone's just like there's one way that's how we've done mm. it forever and would never have questioned it and I actually, like, I was like in a clubhouse room last week where someone was talking about it as well. And they were like, we've only semi-influenced it. But even just having like this like conversation and opening your mind, like you might not apply the whole method and follow it, but it's just like some people realize that by putting themselves first or like, actually saying, right, this money goes away straight away. And they've really just made up these principles and rules that they follow. It's like, you don't need to do a hundred percent, but you could still make a difference in your business. So our businesses are meant mm. to be working for us, not us working for them. True, true. Very good. And once again, Sherelle is now queen of clubhouse. I keep <laughs> seeing clubhouse things related to Sherelle all the time. Sherelle, yeah. what's your handle? Sherelle Griffith, my just my full. Oh no, it's not. It's a lie. Sorry, it's a lie. Had a stupid rule, didn't it? <laughs> so it's only Sherelle and then G R I double F. We didn't get all the letters in. <laughs> go find Sherelle. I'm not on there, so go and <laughs> say hello to her. Um, instead, I've been reading uh, articles on the Guardian, um, and just one that caught my eye was. Um, mountain trekking to catch a signal online learning in the Philippines and um, 
the kind of tagline is having to study in a cemetery or in the pouring grain is not deterring these Filipino students during the COVID crisis. And I don't know, I just think sometimes we need things like this to remind us how lucky we are. Um, and um, I think, especially in COVID when we're stuck in our houses a lot, I think we can get in our own little bubbles about just, you know, we're not we're not going out and seeing people really not like us anymore. It's not like mm. triggering things in our brain to remember that there's this whole world out there where there's everyone's so different. And it's been really interesting um, starting my role this week, kind of lecturing, you know, even within this own, our own country, there's differences um, in what people have available to them, internet, um, you know, like, laptops like everything like even places to work you know um and I think um you know COVID has really shone a light on on that and our ability to um make still make things work when we're in different situations so it's just really um, a series of kind of um like photos and um in like small interviews with with people who um are like uh, you know an example is uh when the signal fades and i'll picks up his plastic chair to move to another spot and if it rains he holds the phone in one hand and the umbrella in the other and i'll says he has no choice we're not rich and finishing school is my only way to repay my parents for raising me and so yeah it was just it, i don't know why it just it struck my heart and um I thought it would um be nice to to just share I'll pop the link in the the show notes but yeah I think sometimes it's hard to practice gratitude in a pandemic and um I've mentioned this before but even if you just start with you know I'm grateful that I can breathe I'm grateful that I have breath I'm grateful that I have a heartbeat and move from that if you're feeling in a really low place then you know we you'll eventually get to a place where um you know the more material and bigger things start to come to the forefront even if you don't have much and yeah it's um I just think it's important to keep in touch with the way that the world is at the minute so yeah no I think it's a really important point actually I think with us going into this lockdown there's quite a lot like I saw a few bits on the news we're talking about yeah we're just forgetting the all the kids that don't have access to a to a laptop don't have access Mm. to the internet you know it said not everyone is has their own room that they then can work in Mm. and actually there are lots of like there's lots of children but there's also obviously lots of adults that are working in situations that are beyond not ideal and it's a really interesting point that you said about because we're not going out we're not seeing other people that aren't like us and I have a bit of an issue anyway like online is just an echo chamber and if we like if I think about it, I'm like when was the last time I saw a homeless person like normally I'd be in central every day and that would be like a big reminder to me like I am lucky to have like my own place I'm lucky that I've got a fridge full of food and all that type of stuff but we don't see that I don't see that anymore because I just see the very limited number of friends I decide to make contact with and it probably is forcing everyone into their own bubble even more yeah and if anything you you look around you're like I'm sick of these four walls I'm sick of this blooming dining table I'm sick of this chair that's really uncomfy I'm sick you know like and and I think um I think it's so easy to go there and I do it 
you know numerous times it's and it's just isn't it pulling you trying to pull yourself out of that and be like actually I'm a lot better off than a lot of people and you know as hard as it is I'm I'm really grateful for that um so yeah it was I will I will share the link to that um and the the thing that I watched was um I don't, I don't know how I was basically I've not had any time to watch anything than my little how to oh, I always forget the name how to get away with murder um we're on the last few episodes and we've said that we're allowed takeaway pizza and chips for the wow. final which I mean you know when you're not drinking that is like a very exciting thing to do um so yeah, so aside from that, I've not been watching stuff, but I did watch and not the whole 10 hours of it, but um the main bit of the uh Biden inauguration. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought I thought it was important to talk about. I remember being, I just graduated. So was it 2009 when Obama came into power? Is that right? No. What are we I've just graduated. Let me. Yeah, I'll find out. Yeah, that should work. Yeah. Twelve years ago. Um, and I remember I just graduated. I was so I was working for an online lingerie um company, but it was we it was run out of someone's house, nice. and um she was Canadian, and so we watched. We popped the telly on in the front room <laughs> and started to watch it, and I remember this sense of real um just excitement and hope and it was a black president you know it was this was the time for change for America this was a time to really kind of push forward on ending racism and 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 gain inequality and and all of that and there was this real celebratory vibe and Beyonce was there and everyone just wanted to support him so and I I was expecting the same for Biden now it's different because we're in COVID. Yeah. So like, you know, Washington was quiet because it had to be, you know, you couldn't have the thousands and thousands of people that were there for Obama. And it made me really sad at first. I thought, this is such a shame because I'm sure so many people would have gone to support Biden. But as I was watching it, I just thought there's a real sense of relief. I can feel here it's less a celebration it's less <laughs> like we've got someone in who's going to make all these changes it's like the Americans are just like thank god that four years is over like yeah. thank thankfully we've got someone in who is just gonna get everything back to where we were with Obama and hopefully a bit better as well yeah. you know like that's how it felt and so I was watching it with like a bit of sadness at first and I thought, no, I think everyone's just relieved that they have someone in power who actually wants to make America one again and not segregated in whatever way. And um, yeah, it was it was like somber, yeah. but nice. And obviously um, there was um, the the poet Amanda Gorman that everyone keeps going on about, like this beautiful, beautiful um, um, poem that she, that she read. Um, and then the other thing I need to mention is Bernie Sanders. I, am I missing something? Have you seen all? all no. Cheryl, please don't look at me like that. I don't. I've not 
not seen anything. You know what I'm like. Sherelle. Oh my gosh. Right. If you're listening, Bernie Sanders in a mask. I think everyone's saying he's asleep. He's got oh. mittens on. Like oh, that. I have seen. I have seen it. Yeah, I've seen a spoon and, of it. I mean, I like to think I'm a smart woman. I have no blooming idea why this has become so big. <laughs> and quite a few of my friends on Facebook are like, "Is anyone getting this?" I don't know if it's just. If it if it is just become a thing and that's it, that's as yeah. simple as it is. Um, but yeah, I just I'm just I was hoping you'd be able to shed some light on it because no, no. Sorry. Okay, never mind. Yeah, so no idea, no idea what's going on there. But yeah, and very uh, yeah. So thankfully, Biden's in the Paris climate change and um, transgender military kind of promises and everything has been all overturned. You know, he's said to Trump bye-bye and um he's starting to do some good in the world so yeah well done america good yeah it'll be, i think it'll be in, <laughs> very interesting to see actually like what happens over his t- his time in washington and and let's wait for biden to meet bojo and see what happens there <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and to end obviously i'm gonna give you all your life prompt and this one week i'm very inspired by my figuring out personality journal not journey journal journey was the word Mm. I was looking for and the question is am I making the most of my strengths so Mm. I'm making the most of my strengths if yes I want you to go a specific like which strengths are you really making the most of and then if no how could I make more of my strengths and the reason why this I think is really important is especially as women who get like I just feel like women that are anyway involved in anything like personal development self-improvement self-reflection we are so easy just to focus on our weaknesses and feel that that's what we need to improve and we focus on all the things that we do wrong and we ruminate over the things that like the mistakes we might have made and whilst it can be beneficial to be improving on your weaknesses actually for most people that really excel they focus on their strengths and they just absolutely make the most of their strengths that they've been given and I yeah. think we don't we don't often do it enough. So I think really spending some time being like, what am I actually amazing at? And how can I make sure I try and bring that into my life as much as possible? Mm. Yeah, I think I need to do that. I think I'm focusing my weaknesses a bit too much at the minute. Right, I will get journaling, add that to my little journaling list. Um, so thank you for being here with us this week. Um, we hope your January has been as good as it can be in these times um and we'll be back um next week with a new episode if you do want to reach out um free and figuring it out at gmail.com or find us on instagram and facebook free and figuring it out see you next week thank you so much for listening to this episode of free and figuring it out don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment and if you want to be a superstar please leave us a review or you can get in touch with us drop us an email at free and figuring it out at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you until next time